email us dead. Long live email. Dearly beloved, we have gathered together once again to celebrate the actual life and alleged death of email. My name is Andrea Bridges-Smith, and I'll be escorting you through email's last rites today. In an ongoing effort to bring joy to your inbox, I have two email newsletters to recommend subscribing to today, and they're from different sides of the aisle. I think we all know that in the U.S. right now, there are two very contentious groups fighting for the hearts and minds of the population. I'm speaking, of course, of dog people and cat people. For the dog people, there's the Bark Post newsletter from BarkBox. I subscribed to their list and was immediately greeted with an adorable gif, it's gif, not jif, of Bark Post office dog Suave Gustav, along with some other great content. Now for the cat people, I recommend BuzzFeed's This Week in Cats. It comes every Friday and is the perfect way to wrap up the week in fluffy awesomeness. If everyone will subscribe to both of these newsletters, I think we might have a shot at healing the fractious divide in this country. And if you're not a dog person or a cat person, then I don't know what to tell you. Before we continue, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by PostUp. PostUp wants one thing, to help your email marketing program make more money. If you like having additional money show up without you having to do a bunch of work, Visit postup.com to learn more. All right, it's time once again for everyone's favorite segment, What's Killing Email Marketing? I'll just give the wheel a spin here. Oh, okay, it looks like we've landed on Unroll Me. Unroll Me promises to take all of those newsletters that you signed up for and get rid of them, or at least make them appear less frequently. However, it does nothing to stop people from signing up for newsletters that they're interested in in the first place, and until someone slaps the mouse out of our hands, we're probably going to keep clicking that subscribe button. So today's interview was actually recorded several weeks ago, and a lot of things that have happened since then that make this episode really interesting. So first off, I'll tell you that today's interview is with Jaina Mystery, a very respected voice in the email marketing industry. At the time we recorded, Jaina was looking for her next opportunity, and since then, she's been snapped up by Litmus. Well played, Litmus. And what we talked about were the problems that email marketers have with Gmail and Outlook and our wish list for them. Well, it turns out that Litmus just announced a historic partnership with Outlook that might address some of these problems. So let's dig into what those are and make the world a better place for email marketers. Now, without further ado, she has several years of experience in the email industry. She's spoken at conferences, she designs emails that are so stunning that you're just, you know, stunned. This is a woman with no shortage of email street cred. Dearly beloved, please pound your hands on your desk in a drumroll type noise and welcome Jaina Mystery to the show. Jaina, I went to your blog and the tagline says, uh, cursing Outlook and Gmail at every step. And that spoke to me on a very deep spiritual level. And I'm sure that our audience feels uh, much the same way. So I wanted to ask you, what is it about Gmail and Outlook that makes life so difficult for us poor email marketers? Wow, where do I start? So both of them are completely different in how they make our lives a kind of living email marketing hell. Um, Outlook, it's most definitely how it renders email. Um, majority of versions of Outlook use Microsoft Word as, as its rendering engine rather than Internet Explorer. So that 
basically means it's not reading your HTML as you write your HTML. So imagine you have created a beautiful web page and you copy that all of that web page and paste it into an open Word document. And then you go to that Word document and see what it looks like. That is what Outlook is doing to your emails. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it's not it's it's not Word has never been designed to uh, translate HTML. And yet this is what Microsoft are using with Outlook. And it doesn't look like it's something that's going to be disappearing anytime soon because with the release of Outlook 2016, everyone was, all the email marketers were hoping that maybe it's going to use Internet Explorer with Internet Explorer improving over the years, but nope, still using Word as the rendering engine. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't see... Uh... Yeah, I think you're right. It's not going to get better anytime soon because I think they only release a new version every you know few years or so. So it's it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a quite a while with Outlook. And then the problems with Gmail is it's it's kind of on its way for being one of the most hated email clients for email developers. It's one of the hugest one of the biggest problems with it is that it's massively popular. So it's not you can't run away from it. You have to support it. Um, and then it, the biggest pain point with Gmail is that it simply doesn't support style in the head. So while inline style is what we do with email development, it's the norm. Not having the ability to have style in Gmail makes it very tricky for email developers to create responsive and mobile-friendly emails because you can't use media queries. It's just simply not possible. There are alternative approaches, use something called hybrid approach that's becoming one of the kind of standard ways in creating emails that are mobile friendly in all email clients that don't rely on media queries, which is where Gmail sits. Um, and the reason for the Gmail, the team at Gmail saying that they don't support style is that it's due to security. Um, and I think the team at, G at the team at Google who look after Gmail have always said that that's one of their top priorities for users. As an, and as an end user, I totally appreciate that. But you kind of have to wonder why other email clients support style and Gmail can't. Um, yeah, that seems fishy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I don't know. There's, there's never been anything really said about that apart from it's down to security. So there must be some sort of reason behind it. Um, and then the other thing with Gmail, apart from rendering is it's kind of got a really mysterious algorithm in terms of what it does in the inbox and what gets marked as spam, what get put in the inbox, what's in the promotions folder. It's all kind of a little bit murky. Um, so as far as I know, if you engage with emails from a particular sender, so if you, whether you're opening, clicking, general engagement, Gmail sees you um, being happy with that sender, that, that sender is bringing you useful content. So Gmail's like, right, this user loves these emails, let's keep on delivering them to their inbox. But say if you stopped opening an email from a particular sender, um, you stopped interacting with them in general, Gmail kind of makes a decision on your behalf that this isn't something you're interested in anymore. So it'll quite happily just send it straight to the spam box. And um, this isn't something that happens kind of within one or two emails this is obviously something that takes quite a lot of time so oh okay yeah gotcha. so it's not kind of kind of immediately kind of think oh no what are, what are we going to do but it's still something that you have to be kind of quite aware of with gmail because as i said it's huge i mean people the uptake of gmail kind of keeps on rising so again this is not something that you can kind of say oh it's fine we don't need to worry about it and then i think the other thing is 
Gmail, along with a lot of other email clients as well, Gmail's got the habit of introducing changes without warning. Suddenly there'll be either a new feature or there'll be some other way of how it's handling HTML rendering. But people usually find out about it because they're testing an email and they'll say, oh, something's changed. My email template, which was completely foolproof before, no longer works in Gmail or there's something slightly different. Um, I think because it hit because of its popularity, it hits email marketers that much harder. Um, and again, there's no documentation of these changes. These changes happen at will, and um, when you find them out, it's kind of a bit of a dagger to the heart. It's like, oh my god, my email template's not going to be working, and what do I do? Um, so, do you do they ever announce them uh, somewhere? You know, I mean, not obviously in a place where you would find it and be able to know about it before you sent the email <laughs> or tried to test it out. But you know, do they? How do we find out what exactly that they did, or do we? Do we just guess? Yeah, I think we just guess. I mean, in my uh, in my experience, it has been um, finding someone on Twitter who has the same problem as me. Some other email geek out there has been has announced, "Hey, something's happened. Can everyone check this?" And then everyone starts checking it, and we all come to the same conclusions. I think occasionally there are some probably topics buried in one of Google's own groups. They have Google Groups these days. I think they've always had them for developers and various other pieces of technology that Google owns. Um, and there'll sometimes be topics in there, but those topics are often actually created by end users, so either email marketers or other people who use Gmail. So, yeah, it's it's not an easy thing. And I'm, I don't think Gmail is the only one that's totally guilty of this, but just because it's such a huge... It's got such a huge customer base. There's you. It hits us just that much more. And so, how has uh, the release of Inbox further complicated matters? Because I'm I'm sure it has. I'm sure it didn't uh, make anything any easier for any email marketers. No. So, are there new headaches that have come up? <laughs> well, not new headaches as such. But the thing with Inbox is that it looks like it renders things basically the same as Gmail. So in terms of email development, there's no new major headaches there. But I find what Inbox is doing is that it's changing the way how people actually interact with email because, because of how it's showing your email. So you may get an email where you just see the bare bones of it. Say, say it's an order confirmation email, but it's given you a rundown of kind of what you've ordered, how much it is, when it might be dispatched, if it's an actual product or an item. So you don't have to open that email. So in terms of email marketing, you almost have to change how you think about how successful your emails are. They might not be just down to opens and clicks. It might just be you see a decrease in opens and an increase in clicks. And inboxes, inbox by Gmail, they, they keep on doing little, little changes that just change the way how people interact with it. And I think it's good. I mean, it's good that there's a company out there that's thinking of changing email up a little bit. Because email has stayed the same for so many years. Um, but people haven't. And people's needs have changed as well. So it's great to see um, Inbox by Gmail. So you can now save links to your inbox. So rather than like using a note-keeping app to keep track of links or bookmarks, you can just send it straight to your inbox. And then you have it there for when you, whenever you might need to send it to someone else. Which is a really, really good idea, actually. Because I remember... like back in the day 
that was what I used to do. I used to keep a collection of bookmarks. And then if I ever needed to email anyone, I'd go to the bookmark, go find it and then send an email out. So. Oh yeah, I'm still doing it. <laughs> Maybe I should stop. No, no, no. stick to doing. the systems that you love to do. But I think it's, uh, and plus the other thing with inbox is that the way it shows your, your, the actual inbox layout view. So you have, um, it's now become important for you to have a Google Plus verified page because you have a little icon for your sender. And if you don't have a verified page, you don't have a profile image come up, you just get the first letter of your brand name or your from, your from name show up in that profile image. And if you want to be seen as kind of, a, kind of a legit company almost, you have to make sure you've got that filled in because it kind of looks a little bit strange you've got kind of a great brand name you've got everything at subject line and pre-header is all there but then you just have this random say letter b that's in this little circle so they're kind of forcing companies to get on google plus and google plus has always been like the run of the litter in terms of social media so using inbox by gmail you kind of think oh i actually have to get my google plus stuff sorted out right away um well, you, you have to set up the page. I wouldn't say you ever have to use no. it again, and, and I don't think anyone is no. going to. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Google, you know, you're, you're great and all, but uh, that was not working, <laughs> I feel like. It's uh, it just, things don't look good uh, for that. So <laughs> um, so I would say, let's, let's picture for a minute that there is someone in charge of uh, Gmail sitting in front of you. Uh, I want you to resist the urge to throw tomatoes at them and tell them what do you wish that they would do? What are the things that would make your life easier, uh, that would not negatively impact user experience, that would make everyone happy and uh, produce some sort of email utopia? There's one thing that I would love for the people at Gmail to be able to supply to us that would make everyone's lives that much easier, and that is... Uh, letting us use style in HTML emails and not having to rely on just inline styles just because we can then deliver emails that are just prettier and just do things that other email clients do and not have to think about, oh, hang on a sec, Gmail can't do this, so let's go to the lowest common denominator with our emails. I mean, we can still use progressive enhancement, um, but then we've we're leaving out all these customers on Gmail and they kind of don't get the, the same experience as someone who opens their email on Apple Mail. Um, so that would be my number one thing. Um, and the second thing is giving the email community a heads up when changes are made. Um, it would make our lives so much easier. We could then plan for things. We could say, okay, this is coming up soon. We need to update our templates. We need to think about how we're sending our emails. We need to change how we write our subject lines just little things that can make an absolute world of difference for email marketers. Yes, I believe those are called release notes and everyone else in the world does them. So uh, that doesn't sound no. like an unreasonable request. So, uh, so Gmail, you've been put on notice. Please, Please see to these matters immediately. Um, now let's, uh, let's do the same with Outlook. Let's say that there's someone from Microsoft here sitting in front of you. Again, resist the urge to throw the tomatoes. And what would you like for them to do that would make everyone's life better, including the users? I kind of just want to take Outlook away from them completely. 
<laughs> that would be the best thing. Just just to take Outlook totally away from them. But if they not so Outlook is a no. <laughs> yeah. If they're not relinquishing their hold on Outlook, it's kind of the same as Gmail. I mean, to not use Microsoft Word as their rendering engine because right now when you develop an email and you think about Outlook, there's a lot of hacky code that can be put in that fair enough, before you've made your template, it can take a lot more time to develop. So that's the number one thing. Just stop using Microsoft Word. Start using Internet Explorer. Anything would be better than Microsoft Word at this moment in time. Yeah, I think we uh, we put out a book of um, hack HTML hacks for email, and uh, several of them were about how to you know get around certain things in Outlook and yeah, you know. Uh, a lot of stuff with web fonts. Web fonts are a big problem in Outlook. <laughs> yeah, you can't use a nice fancy web font in, in Outlook. You have to use Arial or something that's of the norm. And even then, it, there's, there's so many hacks involved. That if you do use web fonts, you have to use something else special to make sure the code doesn't render differently in Outlook. So, yeah. All right, Outlook, you've been put on notice as well. And uh, also, maybe try innovating at all. I feel like this is the same outlook that I've been using for a decade. And, you know, I like that, that Gmail has inbox. Now they're use they're innovating some things. Yeah. I like the fact that I can snooze emails yeah. until later. That's very useful to me. I wish I could do that in outlook. Um, the one thing that, uh, that Gmail has not done that I find really, really weird. This is just my little pet peeve is, um, Every time I reply to an email, it's at the bottom of the email instead of at the top where the most recent part of the thread would be. And that is ridiculous. I should at least have the option to reply from the top instead of from the bottom, just like every other email client. So uh, Gmail, again, on notice, yes. fix that yeah. immediately, at least, right away. At least give us some sort of choice in the matter. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So we've we've talked about our our least favorite email clients, uh, and they're not all bad, but yeesh. Um, what do you think is the best email client out there? What's the gold standard that everyone else should be following, or is there some sort of like Frankenstein together solution of all of them that would be the best thing? Uh, let's go for a little bit of a Frankenstein's monster. So this is kind of where it gets a little bit awkward. For all my bashing of Gmail, as an end user. I really, really like using Gmail because it just gets things right. It's so easy to get organized in there. It's fast. You don't have to sit around your desktop waiting for things to sync. There's a ton of Chrome extensions out there that can do everything from automating some of your emails to putting great gifts in your emails to your mom that you want to see her, you want to send to her. So as an end user, I absolutely love using Gmail. Then as an email marketer, it's all about how emails look in the inbox to me. So for that, I'd have to say Apple Mail. So when I switched from PC to Mac, I was a bit reluctant to use it in the beginning because I was so used to using Gmail. But then I thought, okay, I think I'm missing out on some emails and how they render. Because you always see links get set around on Twitter saying, oh my God, this email looks amazing. And I'm just looking at it in Gmail thinking... Yeah, I don't see what's so amazing. So I started using Apple Mail and I used it for about a year. And you get to see all these amazing interactive elements and it gives you kind of a sense of inspiration like, oh, this is what people are really pushing towards in email marketing right now. And it does fine at 
kind of organizing and everything like that. It's very outlooky in that sense, kind of the way it uses folders. But it uses the WebKit as its rendering engine. Um, so you basically see what you can code. Um, there are some limitations with it, but not as many as there are with Gmail. Yeah, uh, I, I like the the idea of the Frankenstein approach, and uh, I would urge uh, Gmail and Apple Mail to please get together and uh, Optimus Prime yourself into you know something awesome. That would be great, and then give it to the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Gmail is kind of both of them are there, but it's just I wish, and I'm, and there are loads of other kind of email clients that keep getting hopped out every now and then, kind of email marketing. Oh God, there's another something to support so there's definitely and I think there's definitely a market for it because I, I mean I can't be the only one who loves gmail but hates what it does to the emails um so I think yeah gmail let's get on it yes absolutely this is a call to action <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder you do a lot of email design uh and uh you're you're great at that and I'm wondering if there is a sort of bulletproof template out there that you have uh, stashed in your back pocket that will play nicely with all of the various email clients out there? It's a tricky question because I don't think there's anything totally bulletproof. There's kind of templates that exist that um, they play to the strengths of some email clients and they kind of just do what they can with other email clients. And you could just go back to using simple bog standard templates with maybe one table one image, um, all totally inline CSS, nothing fancy going on. But that's not going to be mobile friendly. And in this day and age, you need things to be mobile friendly. Um, Absolutely. So now I'm going to do a shout out to another email developer out there, Nicole Merlin. She created a hybrid email template. Or, well, she's been one of the people who kind of put the hybrid email template out there. And what this does is it's pretty foolproof pretty future-proof in terms of email development and it's totally responsive without media queries so what this means is that you will when you open up the, an email which uses this template in the gmail app it will actually have um, it will look like the mobile version of the email that you would like to see in a smaller device and it does so it does because it doesn't use any media queries obviously you can use media queries to kind of progressively enhance it to make sure it looks fantastic and everything else as well but this one will cover as many email clients as possible. Uh, it covers Gmail, it covers all the quirks and Outlook, um, and it makes your templates mobile friendly. So that's probably one of the strongest things you can use right now. And I think it's well worth learning. A lot of people kind of stick to um, just making sure that the email renders okay and that the content's all there. And I think that's important. You need to make, make sure that your content is all visible for your users. But... Just going that little bit extra can make a massive difference, I think. Yeah, and uh, I, I would say to anybody out there who is not getting into the fluid hybrid thing, uh, you you need to dive into that swimming pool and uh, hang out in there. Um, so we will uh, get a link to that Nicole Merlin template, and uh, we will uh, include that when we post this episode online so that people can download it and access it. And everyone, please make sure to send uh, Nicole Merlin a Christmas card this year. Yes. Um, and so, Jaina, now it is time for the lightning round. And I want you to just answer with the first thing that pops into your mind, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. 
Lotus Notes, the worstest thing in the whole wide world or an utter and complete travesty? Go. Both. Okay, correct answer. That was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we go, I just have uh, one quick four-part question I would like to ask you. Um, is there an organization out there for email marketers to work together with ISPs to provide the best possible user experience for email users? And if so, what is it? And if not, why not? And will you please form one? Uh, please <laughs> provide your answer in the form of a limerick. Oh my God. A limerick? I don't even know how to form a limerick. We will, we'll accept a non-limerick, just this once. <laughs> so there isn't. There should be. Right. And... I can see if I can carve out some time to create some sort of organization, maybe, possibly. Write me letters. If, 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 I can, if I receive maybe 50 postcards from wherever you are in the world, I'll think about starting this organization. How's that? Okay, those should be on your desk in at least two days that nice. you're going to be sitting under a pile of postcards. So. Great. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, then uh, that should be easy, and then that'll make everything better. And then you can be the person that um, saved the email marketing industry from uh, thousands of headaches, and that'll be a great thing to put on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Do I get a cape? Do I get some sort of superior outfit? Oh, yeah, I don't see why not. There's definitely awesome. got to be a special hat involved. So. Excellent, yeah. Then, then I'm up for it. Great. Love it. <laughs> All right, Jaina. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I think I could listen to you geek out about email for hours, at least. Um, everyone who is listening, you can follow Jaina at blog.jainamystery.com or on Twitter at Jaina Mystery. And you'll probably see her at an email marketing conference somewhere near you or have one of her uh, beautifully designed emails in your inbox uh, before you even know what hit you. So Jaina, thank you for being here. Thank you. And to all of you out there in podcast land, thank you for listening once again to the show. In the episode resources section, we'll have links to Nicole Merlin's bulletproof responsive email template, as well as PostUp's email HTML hacks ebook. It's full of tricks for dealing with web fonts, things you can try when your images look all wonky, and much more. So be sure to download that so you can keep it around as a reference. We'll be back next time to put our fingers on email marketing's carotid artery and see if there's a pulse, and we hope you'll join us. Until next time, email marketers, keep on rocking in the inbox, because email's not quite dead just yet. <laughs>